Yo, what's good, you two? Welcome back to the Shooter Straight Podcast. It's your co-host, Zach. And I'm Blue. Welcome back to episode 12. I appreciate all the uh, support on the previous episodes, uh, especially episode 11, one of our best-performing podcasts. Did really good. It was great to have G on the channel and all the great things like that. So I appreciate all the support. We just had a big monumental reel hit 30K on Instagram. If you haven't if you haven't seen all, uh, all the reels, Run it up on the Instagram, ask you to straight podcast. You know, every single reel pretty much is getting like 10,000 views now, so it's crazy. So appreciate all the support on that. And, yeah, Blue? I as well appreciate all the support, and I appreciate, again, just the comment comments in the reels and the YouTube clips, and we look at look at all of them, and we enjoy it. Yeah, like, and, you know, we obviously, we, we said some controversial opinions last episode, and we love seeing the feedback in the comments and what y'all have to think, and whether it's good or bad on the Instagram reels or anything like that, we just love to see y'all's opinion. So, with all that being said, for this episode, leave y'all opinion on anything we talk about in the comments down below. Like and subscribe, like always. And I'm ready to get into the episode if you are. Yeah, I'm ready. We got a banger prepared. First things first, I think we're going to kick it off with the NFL. For sure. We got Deshaun Watson breaking news today. Obviously, this has been a long, ongoing saga in the NFL. Obviously, with the Houston Texans originally, one of the, I would say, a top five quarterback in the league pre-everything happening with him. Obviously now, you know, the case and everything, all that happened. 25 women came forward or whatever. 24 have now, you know, agreed to a plea. But ultimately, the judge gave a six-game suspension today. What are your initial thoughts on six games? Was it enough? I think I think it was enough. You think it should have been, you think it was a perfect amount at six? Or maybe maybe slightly more? Maybe slightly more. You could have talked with the NFL commissioner about it, see his yeah. thoughts, and see um, maybe go into prior instances, and maybe the judge could have looked into um, um, prior instances of this happening in the NFL, and yeah. maybe 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 made a better ruling on that. But overall, I think six games. That's a long. That's a lot in the NFL. It's a, it's enough because he's already he's already sat out basically a whole season. Yeah. So to sit another six games, that's enough. Yeah. Obviously, given the. $230 million contract as well from Cleveland. Obviously, I think they're happy that this is the, the overall ruling, I think, because now only six games, that gives him a chance to actually compete in the play, you know, maybe even make the playoffs when he comes back. But I think it maybe should have been slightly more. But I think given, that he, given the fact that the judge herself, after g- looking at all the evidence, ruled six games, I think it's going to be tough for the NFL to be like, we take more precedent, and we're going to go above the judge. The judge herself said, said, has set the precedent at six games, and regardless of if I think it's eight, maybe even ten games, maybe even a whole season it should be, I don't think the NFL is going to overstep. However, the commissioner does have the power to do so. So do you think the commissioner should overstep the judge and, and elevate it maybe even to eight games, like some people are, are pressing the NFL to do in the media? You no. Know the, you know how the media could be these days. No, I think it should stay at six. I think the judge had a good ruling. You know, a lot, one thing about the NFL that I know is that the NFL is always going to do the best thing to protect their image, you know? And Roger Goodell, it, regardless of what people have to say about him, he's very smart, and obviously he knows how to run the NFL. And he's not going to let this whole Deshaun Watson situation take down the overall branding of the NFL. So if he didn't feel that 
eventually this would kind of get overlooked and move forward. I understand. He, you he, think the media could persuade his decision that, for him, for um the But I, yeah, yeah, exactly. The media might persuade it, but I don't think of I think like it, Roger Goodell isn't dumb enough to let Deshaun Watson take down the NFL's overall media perception, you know what I mean? So He's either going to be get slightly more strict so that that the media you know says he did his job he 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 elevated it what more could he do or he's just going to be like this they're going to forget about this and once he performs on the field they're going to forget about it because oftentimes that happens look at Michael Vick everyone hated on him he came back performed with Philadelphia everyone forgot about the, everyone everything that happened you know what I mean it happens and the precedent has been set you know what I mean ultimately I think maybe he should have gotten a couple more games but. That's neither here nor there, because ultimately, the the NFL has the power. You know what I mean? Of course. However, though, again, I think they should just agree with the judge judge's ruling. Yeah, because ultimately, the judge looked at all the evidence in the same way the NFL has, and if the judge looked at all the evidence and said this is all I could give, I, like that, they have no bias in it or whatever. They could care less. But again, he's already sat out a whole season. So I think they take that into account. Ready to get into the next topic? Debo Samuel, the next breaking news topic in the NFL, re-signing to the 49ers. Obviously, we talked about it a couple episodes ago, potentially him getting traded to the Cowboys because there was a contract speculation. We didn't know if the 49ers were going to pay the money that he wanted. And he now they have. And they gave him a three-year contract worth $73.5 million. Do you think this is a good deal for the 49ers to give him this extension? They definitely needed to do it. They needed to keep Debo Samuel. He's going to be a good offensive player for them for the next three years and maybe even more to come. Yeah, especially building around Trey Lance. I think that this was a no-brainer move for the 49ers. I said it even a few episodes ago. They had to make this move. Like, they had already burned some bridges with Debo. This guy is too versatile to let go. And obviously when you have Kyle Shanahan coaching that offense – they're going to find ways to get him the ball, especially with Trey Lance. He can do things that Jimmy Garoppolo can't dream of doing. You know what I mean? Jimmy Garoppolo, he can, doesn't even do some of the things Trey Lance can do on Madden. So I think that the 49ers can have a really explosive offense, and I think Debo is going to play a big, big role in that. They had to do this. It was a no-brainer. John Lynch paid the money, and I respect the 49ers for taking care of what they needed to do. And they had to get Debo. And I think at three-year, it's a W for Debo, and it's a W for the 49ers. I think it's just a win for, for both parties. Facts. And if they didn't give him the extension with the $73.5 million, I don't think they could have did much. I think this was their best. I this mean, like they could. They, I think not that they couldn't have did much, but this was the best move that they could have did with the money. Exactly. And realistically, for that money, where are you going to get a, a, a Debo replacement? You're not going to get that type of production and that, that versatility anywhere on the market. There is no one NFL player that is giving you what Debo gives you on the on the field. You know what I mean? He, he's a Tavon Austin esque, De- Devin Hester. He just does it all. He can do multiple. He things. can break tackles. He can run the ball. He can catch, run routes. He's not the best route runner, but he's improving, and I think he's gonna be a big, big help for Trey Lance. And I think we've seen it. A young quarterback is always gonna need a huge star wide receiver. Patrick Mahomes came into the NFL. Although Tyreek Hill wasn't established, Travis Kelsey may not have been as established. Those are two legitimate, great star NFL players that he had at his disposal helping him at a young age. Trey Lance is going to need something similar. Obviously, George Kittle is an all-pro tight end, one of the best in the league. 
if now they got Debo, I'm not worried about the 49ers. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see how this division plays out. Obviously, we're going to get into that in a little bit. Now we got Kyle Kyle Murray. Him um, getting a study clause um, with his contract. He has to study um, plays, not not necessarily plays, but a film. At film home. at home. For four hours. What do you have that clause in there. What do you think about it? Ultimately, now because of the media backlash, they've been forced to take out the clause. But I think it's just crazy that they even had to implement that clause in the first place. Like, first of all, from the Cardinals' perspective, how can you justify paying a player two hundred and however much million dollars? About I think it was two thirty million or whatever for Kyler Murray, and you have to tell him he has to. You have to tell him he has to study the plays. You're, you're paying him two hundred and thirty million. And it's, 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 that's assumed you have to go study the plays. Like, you should be putting in that extra work. You're getting paid $230 million. First of all, that's just, it seems like a risky investment to me, knowing if that's the guy I'm investing in. That's not a winning mentality. I think he's a great player, and he knows what he's doing. I don't think they should have had to um, bring out this clause in the first place. And, I, and Kyler Murray took disrespect, saying, like, there's no way a player like me, like, given my size and my uh, just God-given kind of, ta- like, things, like, I have to be watching film. Like, there's no way I could be as good as I am without film. Exactly. And if if that's the case, obviously that's kind of what he has to say. If that's the case, why did they put the clause in there in the first place? I'm not against clauses as a whole, though, but, in contracts, because wh- it's been wh- a part of uh, sports history. But why would they put the clause in there in, in the first place if they don't already kind of kind of know from their experience with Kyler Murray that he's, he's not studying as much as he should? I'm, obviously, uh, they know that this guy Ky- is a problem. Ky- and Kyler Kyler Murray's um, specific case, I don't agree with it, but as uh, clauses in general, like I, I can get behind them. Yeah, I agree with the clauses. I just I think this particular clause is ridiculous on exactly. both on both sides. Because if I'm Kyler Murray, that's totally disrespectful. The fact that you have to question my question the fact am I studying the plays enough? But if that is the case, I take that as a slap in the face. And but why would I sign a contract that says like you have like that first like I'm not. But then from the Cardinals' perspective, why are you even giving him a contract? Why are you putting your, your trust and your money in this guy if this is what you, just what you know about him? That he's not studying the plays. You're not winning if he, the, your quarterback ain't studying the plays. I don't know what to tell but you. But then again, they had to get rid of the clause because of the media backlash, but, correct? But, yeah, of course, they did. But that still doesn't change the fact that now everyone, including me and, and, and maybe even you, that Kyle, now Kyler Murray has that reputation of he, maybe he doesn't study so not every single I don't time, believe that. Every single time he plays bad, people are going to be like, maybe you should have studied a little bit more because he's going to have that around of him. Of course. Be- just because of this, even whether it's true or not. I, I don't think you can be as great a player as Kyler Murray is without studying the plays. Facts. Although a lot of his plays is gadget plays and running around and making things happen, it doesn't matter. You still have to know the initial it's playbook. It's interesting to watch him on the field. You, but you still have to know the initial playbook. And obviously a lot of it is scrambling around and making things happen. But you have to know the initial, you know what I mean. So, uh, Kyler Murray, obviously, I I have faith in him, and it's going to be tough for him this year, obviously, because DeAndre Hopkins is suspended. But I think Kyler Murray is going to be all right. I'm not worried about him. You know what I mean? And, and, and I'm not worried agree. about him. I'm not worried about him just because of this clause. However, I do just think it's just a dumb thing in general. This whole situation, how it even pops up. Because you should never have to put a study clause in. I never even heard of that. I never want to hear about it again. Nobody should ever get a study clause again. It's just a fact. Nobody should ever get it again. But now, 
now that we've talked about Debo Samuel and Kyler Murray, this is 49ers, that's the Cardinals. We can get into our NFC West predictions for this season. Obviously, there's a lot of hotly contested divisions, but last year, this was the most hotly contested, even-balanced, tough division in the NFL. You want me to go first? But if you want. Yeah. Yeah. But So I got the Rams at the top of the division. Mm-hmm. Again, I remember... Uh, I remember saying in the last podcast how it would be a test for them for um for um Matt Stafford coming back from a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. People said people were saying that he wasn't all that in Detroit and then he just got a, a good opportunity and that's how he made it, but I think he's a great quarterback and he's going to he's going to prove himself to be at the top of the division. Uh-huh. Second, I got the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. They're a great team. Kyle Murray knows how to play. Even though DeAndre Hopkins is going to be out a couple games, over um, he's going to be out the same amount of games as Deshaun Watson. Now that is crazy for performing enhancing drugs. That is that is insane. That like they're they're even that's even it's not even the same what they did exactly. One is sexual assault and one is using performance enhancing drugs. They give him the same punishment. The same punishment. That's it's it seems completely opposite. Yeah. However, though, I still... And, but he's going to come back after our six exactly. games, and he's going to be there. They still got J.J. Watt, or...? Yeah, or no. Well, yeah, yeah, they do, they do. They still got J.J. Watt, great, ama- amazing player, like, Hall of Fame. If he's healthy. Hall of Famer. If he's healthy. Of course. Third, yeah, San Francisco, because obviously Detroit is going to be at the or very bottom. The Seahawks. Oh, my, my bad, sorry, not Detroit. Seahawks. Yeah. Seahawks are going to be at the very bottom, because they don't have Russell Wilson. He's gone. They yeah. went to the Broncos, and... They got, they got nothing. They got nothing. However, they do got D.K. Metcalf, but I don't think it's going to be... Enough. Enough. Because they got Drew Locke. Exactly. And Geno Smith. But we'll get into that 49ers first. What what are your thoughts on the 49ers finishing third? They just I don't think they're just gonna be able to perform better than the Cardinals. Yeah. I remember the Cardinals were on an undefe- undefeated run where they like eight and no, nine and no last year. Maybe even ten and no, I think. They they were going off, like they were going crazy. And then they just kind of fell off towards they the just end. Kind of fell exactly. They couldn't so, sustain it. So I believe they'll be able to sustain it this year. And yeah, those are my predictions. Well, similarly, I got Los Angeles. Obviously, I got Los Angeles Rams finishing first place in this division. I think coming off of the Super Bowl, they've lost Von Miller. Obviously, we talked about that. Uh, it was a huge loss. I mean, I think it's a huge pickup for Buffalo. We talked about our AFC predictions in a previous video. But Von Miller going to Buffalo is obviously a huge loss. However, Aaron Donald coming back and not retiring, like the rumors said, obviously is a huge deal. Still, one of, if not the greatest defensive player of all time, anytime you have him on your defensive line, it doesn't matter who you kind of got around him. I'm not worried about the Rams' defense, especially defensive line. Jalen Ramsey in the secondary. Regardless of who else is kind of there, I know that they got enough. They're going to be chilling. Then you look at the offense, Matt Stafford coming back. Odell Beckham, when he comes healthy, I think uh, is going to be resigning. They still they got Van Jefferson, who I think is going to have a breakout season. They traded Robert Woods, but I like Van Jefferson a lot. Coming from you know us, you know this is this is Florida University of Florida. Van Jefferson is a Gator. Uh, I love Van Jefferson, and I think he's going to be a great great player, especially this season. And I think the Rams ultimately they got the weapons and. They're going to finish. They're going to end up getting around 12 and 13 wins. Similarly to last season, they're going to make a deep playoff run again. Are they going to go back-to-back? I don't know. It's going to be tough. 
But I think they're going to make a deep playoff run again, and I have a lot of faith in Matt Stafford. I always have, even since the Detroit days. So who do you got second? Second place, I got the San Francisco 49ers. Damn. I'm a Trey Lance fan. Ultimately, the 49ers, they have a really, really good team around the quarterback position. They had one last year. They had one the year before that. The 49ers have needed to figure out the quarterback position fully because Jimmy Garoppolo, he's been good, but not great. He's not quite been a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He'll get you to the Super Bowl, but he's not going to win it. That's what he's proven so far. Can Trey Lance take him over the hump? Can he just be good enough? Because that defense is, is staggering. Fred Warner, uh, Nick Bosa, they're going to get the job done. It's a nasty defense. Debo Samuel has just re-signed. Ultimately, it's just, just going to come down to can Trey Lance perform. But I have a lot, a lot of faith in Kyle Shanahan. He runs the offense better than anybody. Obviously, he lost Mike McDaniel, but I don't think that's going to make a big, big difference. If anything, I just think that Kyle Shanahan's coaching tree is going to be really, really good. Because Kyle Shanahan is going to continue to be Kyle Shanahan. And Mike McDaniel is going to do his thing in Miami, like we're going to talk about in a little bit. I love the 49ers. I think they're going to finish second. If Trey Lance is really, really good, like Patrick Mahomes' level on his first year, like, like kind, of, uh, kind of how Patrick Mahomes was after his first year, after he rested his rookie year, then maybe even they win the division. But I don't think it's going to quite happen. I think they're going to finish second. Maybe even 12, 10 to 11 wins. Third place, the Cardinals. I think it's kind of unfortunate the DeAndre Hopkins suspension. Like we kind of mentioned, six games is very – it's just odd now given that DeAndre, Deshaun Watson got six and now you know DeAndre Hopkins got six. For, you know, it's, but that's neither here nor there. The Cardinals still have a really, really good team. I just think the six games is going to be really tough to overcome. Maybe not enough to, to beat the 49ers out in the end. I think those six games might end up playing a big role, those divisional games. And I think that's going to be the difference for the Cardinals ultimately this year. DeAndre Hopkins went healthy, and when everything is going right for him, is a top two wide receiver in the NFL. That's just what it is. I still think they got a good receiving core. They do, but you can't you can't just you can have a great receiving core, which it's hard to just replace the number two receiver in the NFL. You know, he, he's one of the best, if not the best. Like he's proven it time and time again. So. When he comes back, the Cardinals are going to be a threat, but it's just can they be can they be three and three without DeAndre Hopkins? Can they be three and three? Can they be two and four? But if they're one and five and they're struggling without D Hop, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. They ain't going to have enough time. But can they be decent? Four and two, three and three, two and four. But they might have a chance. Three and three. They I think they definitely two. Yeah, they definitely got a chance. Anyway, last place is the Seahawks. We talked about it. Geno Smith and Drew Locke is not good uh, options. You know, I just not, I don't have a lot of faith in them. So we both can agree that Los Angeles Rams finishing first and Seattle Seahawks finishing last. Yeah, and then ultimately it's just the 49ers and Cardinals kind of flipped around, and I think it's going to be tight. Ultimately, like I said, it's going to come down to can the, can the Cardinals perform without DeAndre Hopkins when he's suspended. Facts. Because I think the 49ers, they're going to get 11 wins. You know, but So can the Cardinals get that? So that concludes our predictions for the NFC West? Yeah. Sounds good. Let's get into the Bucks. So the Tampa Bay Bucks center, Ryan Jensen, could miss months with a knee injury. It's a huge a, loss. Huge loss. However, the Bucks also, they signed Julio Jones, a legendary wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Do you think with Tom Brady and Julio Jones, Tom Brady's getting another ring? Or another, no. Huh? No. No? No. I can agree. I don't think Julio Jones will be enough. I think 
Tom Brady's a great quarterback. Julio Jones, a great wide receiver. They could have a great connection, but personally, I think Julio Jones is kind of he's kind of washed. He's kind of washed. Look, the problem is Julio Jones is he's shown nothing but he's been injury prone the last couple of seasons. He's shown nothing but that. Ultimately, if Brady hooks him up with Alex Guerrero, the God Trainer, and Julio, if Julio just gets a chance to connect with Brady, and Julio is a hundred percent healthy, it's going to be a nasty combination. Because Julio still has something in the tank. He's just not healthy. But I just don't have 100% faith right now that Julio Jones is going to stay healthy. And when you add that on to the fact that Ryan Jensen is going to miss a very, very large portion of the season, if not the whole season with this injury, I think people people are obviously definitely talking about this injury, but people might be... People, I think they let a lot of stuff go under the rug because it's Brady, and they just kind of be like, oh, it'll be, it's Brady, he'll be all right. This is a huge loss for Tampa, and they're going to have to address it. Their O-line, they've already revamped their O-line this offseason, so it's going to be brand new, basically two new guards. Alex Kappa signed to the Bengals. Shaq Mason comes in, previously played with Brady, so they got a little bit of repertoire there. If I'm the Bucks, you have to get a, a trade going or something to replace Ryan Jensen. Because some random guy is not going to cut it on this offensive line. Brady needs a good offensive line because you know he's old. He's fragile. You know what I mean? He of course. He needs a good offensive line. He's always had one. It's pretty much his whole career. And if he doesn't have one this year, it's not going to be good. That's ultimately what it comes down to. It. Julio Jones could be the old Julio Jones. If the offensive line isn't there, it's not going to be good. They can't run the ball, which means Brady won't be able to throw the ball. This injury is going to have a huge impact on the Bucks season if they don't address it. However, it's not—it's not luckily for them. It's actually, but luckily for them, they have a little bit of time to maybe address it. With you know, a little bit of time left to uh, again. To I believe game. even if they address it, and Julio Jones is healthy, I still don't think they're winning a Super Bowl over the other teams in the league. I think it's going to be really tough. Exactly. I just don't know if the, if the Bucks have it this year. I think. I just don't trust the offensive line fully, especially now with Ryan Jensen out. And if and if you don't have trust in the fully the offensive line, I just don't know. It's not going to be enough. I think Brady still has a great wide receiver core there with Tampa, but if, the, if they're not there to protect them, if I'm a Bucks fan, I'm nervous. I'm starting to get a little nervous, but I trust Tom Brady at the end of the day, so I'm not too nervous. He's a clutch player. However, from one maybe quarterback that's not so scrutinized to a very, very scrutinized quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa. Obviously, training camp in the NFL started. Tua Tagovailoa, uh, one of the first days of public training camp, shows out with Tyreek Hill, drops a 65-yard bomb amongst other highlight throws. Do these training camp performances change your opinion on the Dolphins or Tua Tagovailoa at all? It shows that he can get it done with one of the top receivers in the NFL for sure. But if you if you can't get it done, then then I would have said he's completely trash and horrible. But I know two is not that, and I knew he was going to be able to get get something done. But does it change my opinion on the Dolphins or Tua as a whole? Not really. No. No, because I knew Tua can get it somewhat done. He's a, good, just, he's a good quarterback. Is he a great quarterback? That's up for debate. I don't, I don't necessarily think he's a great quarterback. But will he be get, able to get it done with Tyreek Hill? I don't think it's enough. You don't think it's enough? I, with with Jalen Waddle in there too? 
Will they be a lot, lot better? Of course. Will they make the playoffs? Make the playoffs? Possibly. But not 100% sure. Not a lock. Just depends on his performance. Exactly. Just pretend. Per, 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 exactly. It's pertained on to, to his performance. Well, I, I don't want to overreact because it's training camp. However, I think you have to show you can get it done in all phases. Training camp, practice, pre-game, during the game, at post-game. You have to get it done in all facets. And Tua Tagovailoa is taking the first step towards greatness by doing it in training camp. And, and not to gas it up, but that was a, that was a bomb. 65-yard bomb to Tyreek Hill. It looked Patrick Mahomes-esque. I think Tua can get it done. I think... These throws don't necessarily change my opinion on him because I already thought he could be really good. But I think that these these throws go to show that don't worry about Tua's arm strength. Don't worry about none of these things that the media is portraying about Tua. Tua's going to be all right if the offensive line is good. Just like we said for the Bucks, if the like you know what I mean? It, it all comes down to the offensive line. The uh, the Dolphins spent a lot of money on the offensive line. I think it's going to be much, much revamped. And I think the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs. And I think this training camp throw indicates that. Tua is going to get the job done for the Dolphins. And he's going to take them to the playoffs. Again, I think it's going to be based on Tua's performance whether they go to the playoffs or not. Yeah. It's iffy for me. I think they have a high possibility, but am I 100% sure? No. Can't be. No, I get that. I just disagree. But it's okay. You got Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, in an interview, has said, and I quote, I like the guys that we got when he was asked about his wide receiving core for next season. With all this being said, do you have faith in the Packers wide receiving core like Aaron Rodgers does? Aaron Rodgers has to say that about his receivers. But do you have faith in them? I have faith in them because I have faith in Aaron Rodgers. He can throw it to a pile of bricks and he will catch it. The, the bricks will catch it. So he And he's making the throw. So... I, I don't know. He's getting it done. He's getting it done, man. I think it, this is exactly what Aaron Rodgers has to say, but I have faith. I also, I mean, I don't think the Packers are going to be too, too special without Devontae Adams. However, I do kind of have faith. I just think that they're going to be mid. You know what I mean? Randall Cobb, he's decent. He was, a, was good in his prime, whatever that was. I, I think it's kind of washed now. The other is Alan Lazard. Alan, I really exactly. like. He's going to be really, really good this year. I just, however, I just don't know if that's enough. I think it's going to be but enough. Rob, but Robert Tunyon coming back from injury. But if the Packers couldn't get it done with Devontae Adams, I just find it hard to believe that they're going to be able to get it done without Devontae Adams. And it's not like they've really addressed any other positions as well. And, you know what I mean? Aaron Rodgers is hungry. He is hungry. Hungry to play some golf. He's hungry to win a Super Bowl. Think he's ready? I hope so. I would love to see it, but that's a possibility. But all, unfortunately, all I've seen out of Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is one of my favorite quarterbacks. 
But unfortunately, all I've seen out of Aaron Rodgers, I've tried to defend him, and I've defended him. I've defended him over Tom Brady. I've defended him over so many other quarterbacks in the NFL. He keeps letting me down in the playoffs with some of these chokes. Exactly, but we see that he has the talent and the ability to get it done. But he unfortunately is just not getting it done in the playoffs. So we're going to see. It's just not good. But ready to move forward into the NBA? Yep, I'm ready. Yeah, the Boston Celtics have offered the first uh, rumored trade package for Kevin Durant that has come out. The package was Jalen Brown, Derek White, and draft compensation. What do you think about this offer? Do you think the Nets should have accepted this offer? Hell no. The Nets can't accept this offer. Jalen Brown, Derek White, and a draft compensation won't be enough to save the Nets. And Katie, he'll be a star with um, Jason Tatum on the Celtics. But he's already, I mean, he's already a star, but I mean, like, he'll be like, like they'll be the, one of the best duos in the league. They'll be one of the best duos probably to ever do it. When it's all said and done? When it's all said and done. Wow. So what else do you think that the, it needs to be offered to get KD? If I'm if you're the Celtics, are you giving Marcus Smart? You're gonna have to give up Marcus Smart. Would, so if you're if you're the if you're the Celtics GM and you're calling Brooklyn. You're, you're saying, I'm giving you Marcus Smart. I'm giving you Marcus Smart, and I'm trusting Al Horford and KD and Jason Tatum to get it done. And if you're Brooklyn, are you taking that deal? If Boston calls you and offers you those three guys and, or, and, and the draft pick, are you taking that? Is that enough for Kevin Durant? <sighs> That's enough for Kevin Durant. <sighs> well, I don't know. That's enough. I think depends on the draft compensation. I don't know if it's enough. I think Jalen Brown is a really, really good player. However, exactly. is, is he a superstar? No. He's not a superstar. But does he have the possibility to perform at that level? Not at a Kevin Durant level. Kevin Durant, he can't score like Kevin Durant. He can't dribble like Kevin Durant. He can't pass like Kevin Durant. He can't walk like Kevin Durant. He can't talk but like Kevin Durant. But can he be Durant. a superstar in the league? I think he could be a great second option. The CJ McCollum. He's a great second guy. So he can't lead a team. No, dude, no, no. Ooh. And that's and, and even if you get Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown still has to lead that team. Exactly. He ain't leading it. He ain't. You're not winning a championship with Jalen Brown as your best guy. So you better hope those draft picks come through. And, and, and when the draft picks are basically irrelevant because the Celtics are going to be good because they're going to have Kevin Durant, they're going to have Jason Tatum, they're going to be competing for championships, maybe even winning them. Exactly. So if I'm the Nets, I'm not even considering that offer, even with Marcus Smart. I don't think it's enough. Oof. Unless it's crazy. It's like four draft picks or something, and I don't think they're doing that. has to be something crazy. I, if, if, I'm, if, I'm the, if I'm the Nets, I need a, I need a, a, a younger superstar, not Jalen Brown, but a younger superstar, a guy that can develop, or I need something proven and good draft picks. And I don't think the Celtics are necessarily the best team to offer that. I think they're going to have to give up multiple draft picks. I think so as well. And if I'm the Nets, I'm not taking that offer. However, from the Celtics, if I if, if all it takes is Marcus Smart, then I'm I'm sending Marcus Smart away. Mar- like, like I've said it before on the podcast, Marcus Smart is a good player. However, he kind of lets him down sometimes. Because he makes dumb decisions. Dumb decisions. He's done it. He did it in the finals. Multiple just, occasions he did it in the finals. And to offload that and get Kevin Durant, it's a no-brainer. It's an all is it like like sign me up. Where's the dotted line? Get the pen and the paper. It's like I'm, it's, it's it's over. I'm getting it done. If that's all it takes, I think it's gonna take more though. 
You ready to get into Zion Williams and his weight clause? Yes. An- another clause. You know what I mean? We were just talking about the other clause earlier. We got the Zion weight clause, and this was crazy. However, I, th- I actually like it. Zion Williamson has periodic weigh-ins, and if his body fat percentage is and weight is above 295, he gets money taken away. What do you have to say about this clause? I completely agree with it. I read a stat that before he got into the NBA, he was in college, he was around like 280, and he mm-hmm. kept that. And then as soon as he got in the NBA, he he let himself go a little bit, mm-hmm. and he was getting over 300 pounds, like, and it just wasn't adding up. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great clause, and I think it's going to work out for the Pelicans. And this is not unprecedented in the NBA, and I think that it's a great move because Zion looks to be motivated. He's saying all the right things in the media, signed the big money contract. I think he is motivated, and I think Zion might just be the type of guy who needs those parameters. He needs that goal. He needs to be like, okay, I know I have to be below this weight or below this body fat percentage so that I'm good. I feel like he might just be one of those guys who needs that barrier, and now that he has the 295 barrier, I think we're going to see the Duke Zion maybe even a little bit upgraded because he's got a more man body now in the NBA training. So it's going to be a, a Duke Zion 3.0. I think it's going to be crazy with the Zion we could be getting this year. And I love the clause. And I think it's a great decision by the Pelicans. And I'm glad Zion didn't take it in a bad light. And I'm glad he, he took it and he was like, okay, this makes me, I have to work. I think he'll, I think he'll prove that the doubters that doubted him. I think he'll prove them, but do I think he'll be like, Something like absolutely like insanely crazy. It's hard. I think he'll be a superstar, but something like something insane. Like it's hard. It's hard to say. Can Zion Williamson be an all-star next season? I want to pose this question to you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think he can as well. I think we looked at the production. I think. If he's healthy, I don't think there's no question. However, I think it's up for debate. For I think sure. it's a hotly contested question. I think he has a chance to compete and make the all-star team. And Brandon Ingram, I, I think we both know Brandon Ingram is disgusting. He's getting that. I like the Pelicans this year a lot. And I, I trust Zion. I think he's going to prove the doubters wrong. What well, was worse comparing Kyler, Mur- Kyler Murray's independent study clause and Zion's weight clause? Obviously, it's more appropriate for Zion's weight clause. However, in general, to for there to be an, an uh, a study clause for players to be actually studying film and plays, I think if it's necessary, then they definitely they should, should have, have it, it in place. But I think it's disrespectful if you kind of get that place against you. But if you get a, but a lot of people thought the weight clause was disrespectful too, but I don't think the weight clause is as disrespectful. No, I think it just because, is what it is. Because there's, I think it's like when you're an athlete, you know you have to hold your body to a higher standard. You know that you have to be in, in shape. So I don't think it's crazy for an athlete to have a weight clause in their contract. However, for an athlete to have a clause that is saying you have to study, that's just a question of your character. Of course. So I think that's a whole other thing. I don't think the weight is as bad as the independent study. But I think if a player needs to... If but a if they player, have to be... Exactly. Because exactly, there's a lot of players that they're just not going to study. And they need it. They do need it. And that maybe even held, held them back in their career. So you ready for the last topic in the NBA, Bill Russell's death? An unfortunate one. A true legend of the game. It's sad we have to talk about it, but it's one of the ones you you have to. Exactly. Bill Russell is an icon, a legend in multiple ways of the game. And you can't even imagine an NBA without him. 
won the most championships, period. Legend. There's no comparing. It's a true legend. It's sad. An ultimate winner. And you know, I'm just I'm glad that he got to see like the trophy being named after him the Bill Russell finals MVP and all that. So his really legacy cool. will his carry le- on. His legacy will carry on. I think it's really cool. And I know uh he's gonna he's probably still watching uh basketball up there in heaven or whatever, you know, like Kobe or whatever. So, you know, I think it's RIP to 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 a legend, a true legend of the game. Of course. Best Celtics player, probably. Right? He played for the Celtics, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah best Celtics player probably to ever play. Yeah, more than Celtics. One of the most legendary. Right back there, right after Larry Bird. Exactly. Legends of the game. And it's just sad. It is sad. However, though, it's it's fortunate though that his legacy will still be able to carry on through the finals MVP and other things that the other NBA things. Will do. Exactly. The NBA seventy five team and all that. Exactly. His legacy is gonna continue on. Rest in peace to Bill Russell. Exactly. Ready to get into soccer? Soccer. Soccer. We had the beginning of the season start. We had Liverpool versus Man City play in, in the Community Shield. First of all, you have just claimed Man City as your club. For sure. So what is your reaction to this match as a Man City fan? It's bull crap. Holland missed an open goal. I can't believe it. I would have made that goal. You would have made that goal. Yeah, people watching probably would have made the goal. People, exactly. My bad. People watching would have made that goal. It's just insane. Like, I, I, I just can't believe that they choked that. And then the handball. Nunez. And, and the then handball. the handball, which was bull crap because yeah. Nunez is a dirty player. And they're going to catch him one of these days. And they're going to just... They're just gonna kick him out. They're gonna kick him out of Liverpool. And they're just gonna kick him out of the Premier League. Period. And he's not gonna be able to come back. Yeah. Exactly. Don't get me wrong. Liverpool's a good club because they got Trent Alexander. Yeah. And they got some good players. But overall, I think Man City should have won that game and that they choked. But I'm excited to see the rest of the season play out. Ultimately, it's just the Community Shield, so it's not really a big deal. Like. I have full trust in Man City. This is ultimately led by Pep Guardiola. Come on. They have owned Liverpool the last couple, you know what I mean? Owned Liverpool in the Premier League. Ultimately, this is Liverpool's prime. This is the best years they've had like, like in my lifetime. And they've only won one Premier League. And, they, and obviously now they've lost Sadio Mane. They've lost some of their stars. They signed Nunez, but... Uh, he scored in the he scored in the community shield, but it was a tap in. It's some you know it, look, it was looking kind of Mickey Mouse to me. I don't have a I'm not feeling Nunez. He's dirty. I, I don't think Liverpool are have replaced Mane successfully. So I think Liverpool is still going to be second place in the Premier League. However, Man City is going to continue to own them, and I like Man City winning the league this year. And even though they lost the community shield, it's Manchester City. They have Erling Erling Holland who's going to adjust. Phil Foden, Foden, Bruyne, Ederson, Ruben Diaz. You can go on and on. They're one of the best teams in the world. And I think this might even be the year where they contend for the Champions League. Fact. They have not won that ever in club history. Pep Guardiola wants to win that real bad. They might. This might be the year. You'd be spoiled if you got that. But I don't, I, you know, you'd be spoiled. I got Man City. Nah. 
Nah. So does that does that conclude sports? It does. Ready to get into music? I'm ready. And culture? I'm ready. Bet. So first, we got Lil Uzi. Lil Uzi. Lil Uzi Vert. Probably your favorite rapper over yeah. Drake. And yeah. I, it's, I don't know. How am I saying this? Like, because Drake is like, oh, man, Drake, bro. That's that's up there for you, bro. Like, it's up there. But it's, it's up there. It's not, but it's not Uzi, though. But it's not Uzi. Lil Uzi Vert sells 20K his first week with the red, white, the red and white EP. Did he flop? Your favorite artist. No, he didn't flop. Then what happened? 20,000 first week. He didn't flop. It was a, just a free SoundCloud tape. The rollout was messed up. For, at the end of the day, if you really listen to the to you really, if you, first of all, if you really know Uzi. We got random selling more than 20Ks. If you really know Uzi, you know that a lot of the songs he dropped were fan snippets. We got Grails. We're talking about I Know. I Know. I Know. We got Bangers. We got... Well, wheelchair was dropped. Just flex. We got up. some. We got, we got believe me. We got some highly um, for fun. We exactly. We got some highly like um, anticipated songs on there though that were supposed to be on other tapes. Exactly, and they were fire. They were fire, and I can attest to that. However, but it, it, they dropped on SoundCloud, bro. So you know that doesn't really the sales don't really count on SoundCloud. It's, you know what I mean? It, it just dropped on Apple Music, so it didn't really get a good opportunity to sell. So then, why would he drop it on SoundCloud? Because he didn't care about the sales. He even said it in the tweet. You know, it's Lil Uzi. I think he was just dropping it because the fans have been, bro, the, like, if you know the Uzi's fans, they are on his ass 24-7 to drop these freaking songs. So if I was Uzi, bro, I would just be dropping them just to get them off my ass because these fans are relentless. Like, for me personally, like, my biggest f- snippet that I want has still not come out. But, like, I remember, like, I, even I would be spamming Uzi trying to get him to drop the songs. Well, right? What song was it? Do you remember the snippet? For what the, the ones I was ones I wanted, yeah, and they dropped on uh, Eternal Take the Deluxe, Moon Relay, Lotus, all damn they were bangers. The snippets all I wanted them all to come out. And they never did. They did. Oh, exactly. They, they did. But I was remember I remember spamming to get him to come out, and then he still has more snippets that just came out. He has an endless amount of snippets. You know what I mean? Honestly, I think. Fire. Honestly, I, think, I think, his, think his next album is gonna do great. Exactly. I think honestly, this next tape is gonna decide whether this album flopped or not. And it's crazy to say how another tape can judge another tape. However, this is supposed to be the lead up. Exactly. Like the, I think the whole point of this tape, obviously, the name Red and White makes pink. The name, is, the album is the Pink Tape, the Pink Album. You know, the Pink Tape. Now going from Lil Uzi selling twenty k, we got Beyonce, her projected al- new album Renaissance. Renaissance. Projected to sell thirty three hundred and fifteen k, so three hundred and fifteen thousand compared, compared to twenty thousand. What's Beyonce though? It's the big B. It's Lil Uzi. It's the big. But but look, Uzi. Last time he really dropped, he sold like two hundred and thirty k first week with Eternal Take. So I'm not worried about Uzi. But this, this is the big B. It's Beyonce. She hasn't dropped in God knows how long. I mean, what do you expect? This we stuff. listened to a couple of the songs. What do you think? We had to. We had to listen. Beyonce. Give our fair opinion. And a lot. The first, the first song, I don't remember the name. It was, it was kind of above my head. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's be, you know. I think it has that Beyonce flow. I respect the music. You got to respect the music. I think it's, it's quality. And I, and I think, you know, it's Beyonce. I think there's a reason why she's, you know, 
Beyonce, one of the best in the in, of all time, at what she did. They are married to Jay Z, right? You know, so I think, however, it just got three hundred and fifteen k because of who she is, because it is Beyonce. Yeah, I agree with that. However, it, if it wasn't Beyonce and it was a different woman artist dropping similar songs, it's not getting nowhere near three hundred and fifteen thousand. Like you might you might say that about Drake's new album too. That honestly, never mind. If Drake, if someone else had dropped that, it wouldn't have got the same. Exactly, I said the same thing about Drake's album. Exactly. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's you gotta respect Beyonce because it's a legend. But like, I'm not bumping it. Not bumping it. You wanna know what we are bumping though? Raw wave. New Raw album. Wave. He just dropped a new single. Obviously, this you know this hits home because that's local. You know, hits home right there. Hits home. It's home. Um, St. Pete. Raw wave. That's it's about thirty minutes, forty five minutes from Sarasota. That's a legend. So it's right, it's right next door. Basically, Obviously, he just dropped a new single called Stone Rolling off the new album called Beautiful Mind, which is dropping August twelfth. He's a rolling stone. So what you, man, you, it slaps. Do you, do you think that this album is gonna live up to the live up to the hype? I think it's gonna live up to the hype. I think it's gonna beat the hype, and I think it's gonna go crazy number one. Do you think do you think this will cement Raw Wave as one of the top artists in the game? I think he's already cemented as one of the top artists in the game. So 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 is he gonna be so you think this might be album of the year contender? Album of the year contender for sure. I think it's gonna be a really good album. I think I'm in, I'm excited to see the features. But Raw Wave, he's always said he doesn't do a lot of features, so and it's it's I've looked at I looked at the uh, I think it's like twenty songs or whatever, so I'm gonna be interested to see. I think if it's it's like Soul Fly. It's going to be a classic. Exactly. And I think it just depends. Drops. I think it's going to be slightly different because, you know, mu- music is going to have progression. He's going to change mm. up his style slightly, probably. But ultimately, I think it's where I would anticipate a classic. Because it drops uh, August 12th, a couple of days before my birthday. It's man, going to be crazy. It's going to be a classic <laughs> classic album, I feel like. And Raw Wave is going to come through. Raw Wave doesn't drop that often. But when he does, we know we're getting a banger. And he's coming through with the pain music, and and it, it's gonna maybe even help do some healing on the world. You know what I mean? Beautiful mind, is what the album's called. It's gonna do some healing, hopefully. He's beautiful. Hopefully, it's good, positive vibes. Now switching topics, we got Gucci Mane dropping a new song, "Dissing the Dead." Well, that's the song title. Yeah. He encourages artists to stop dissing the dead after he. Says that he started the trend. Exactly. Personally, I believe it's a good move. I do too. Because it's never good to talk about someone who is in a negative light who has passed away. So. I, I think it's a good move from Gucci. I think it's another smart move. First of all, from the from the perspective of making his public image look better. You know, exactly. he's, he's a straight executive now of, t- of 1017. And I think their whole public image is largely gang related, especially with Pooh Shiesty. And I feel like everyone says that 1017 just always gets locked up. Everyone in there always gets locked up. So I think it's good that Gucci does things like this in his lyrics and do- drops maybe even whole songs to promote good things in the world. You know, like stop this in the dead and rap songs. I think it's a good thing in general. Like, although when you hear it on an 808 Mafia beat, it sounds hard. The morality behind it is is, is, is awful. You know what I mean? I mean, when you're dissing somebody who's literally dead. 
Exactly. And obviously, I think it's good to hear it from Gucci because he started the trend. And even in, on the uh, the verses, he literally had Jeezy right there. And he was uh, he was digging Pookie's grave. You know, Pookie Low. You know what I mean? He was digging it. He was, that's the most disrespectful thing you could do right in front of his homie. Exactly. So now you can see kind of the progression and you can see Gucci changing it. And now Gucci dropping the song called Dissing the Dead. I think it's a good move from Gucci. And I just, I think, and I think he wouldn't even do something like that if he didn't truly believe it too. Exactly. So you can tell he's changing for the better. And, and it's like, he even says in the song, he's like, take it from me. Like, you know where I was at. You know what I did. You know who I am. If I'm telling you to stop doing it, like, you got to take a step back and be like, whoa, this guy's telling me to stop doing it. It's Gucci. Exactly. You know what I mean? It makes you think a little bit because it's Gucci. He's an OG. He's a legend. One of my, still one of my favorite artists in the game right now to this day. Legend. Speaking of top tier artists, we got DJ Khaled announcing a single with Drake and Lil Baby for his upcoming album, God Did. I think it's a smart move by DJ Khaled. Exactly. I was going to say, what do you think? What do you think about it? What do you got to say? I think it's just an amazing move by DJ Khaled. I mean, first of all, every time Drake and Lil Baby have collaborated, it's been a hit. Guaranteed. So you think about it, DJ Khaled has just cemented himself guaranteed number one hit. Exactly. He's guaranteed. Like, like Billboard, Billboard has already put it on there. The, in, like, it's already in the website coding for two weeks from now, whenever it drops or whatever. It's already in there, guaranteed number one. It's guaranteed. It's Drake, it's Little Baby. Every single song they do goes number one. Nothing more has to be said about it. It's, it's a smart it, play. It's a smart play because DJ Khaled, like, although I feel like he always kind of drops banger albums, his albums, they've been kind of getting worse i feel like over time but i think is this album's definitely has the potential to go number one specifically because of the features that he or the artist he always gets get. he always gets good features but i feel like this time dj khaled is going to take it differently and obviously if he's putting drake and little baby together i think he might actually be trying to put together collaborations that are actually meant to go together exactly the thing about dj khaled he always says it in his projects and i respect it from an artistic an artistic perspective i respect it a lot he always says he tries to make collaborations happen that don't normally happen. Exactly. So you, you see a lot of pop artists with rappers. You see Justin Bieber, Tony West Savage. It doesn't happen on every day. DJ Khaled, that's what, he's, that's what his albums are meant to be. However, given the utility that a DJ Khaled has, if he, he, he could kind of do that, but what, just put together all the fire rappers on a song together. If you look at his older projects, the 2015, 2016 projects that crazy. Khaled was putting out crazy. Travis Scott, Lil Wayne songs. Just leave it at that. He had a song, Big Sean, Kendrick Lamar. You know what I mean? Like, like we got, like you could put four people on a song, but that's perfect. Khaled put four people on a song, but actually put four fire that people works. on the song. You know what I mean? Like, I think the last album he put Lil Baby. All right, that's good. Then you look at the other people. You got like Ty Dolla Sign, Megan The Stallion, Bryson Tiller, and it's like Bryson Tiller fire, and then they do their, they all do their thing, but you don't need them all on the same song. Facts. Put people on, on the same song that are meant to be on the same song that are actually going to sound good together. Everything's going to flow right. And Drake and Lil Baby, you know that's going to happen. It's Drake and Lil Baby. This album, God Did, I have high expectations for it because of this single. It's Drake and Lil Baby. I know Again, this, though, not this only, song is going to take over the world. Not only the single alone, but it, like I see um, what you're saying, that he's going to be able to... he That he sees that he's putting artists together that work together now. Oh, I hope that's the case. This kind of may, might be foreshadowing into that though, because if you think about, some, like if he just like he could just he could have just dropped a Drake song by itself, and like he did for his last album, he dropped a Drake song with a feature this time, and it has a little baby. If he was gonna drop a Drake song with a feature, if you think 
DJ Khaled, you're going to think, well, this is going to be a random-ass feature. It's going to be some, some girl singer. It's going to be the, some Brazilian singer, you know what I mean, that you don't even know. Anita. No, it's a little baby. Oh, okay. That makes you actually want to listen to it. That's what, you know what I mean? It's DJ Khaled. makes you want to listen to it now. Facts. You ready to get into the next topic? I'm ready. So we got Jada Youngin passing away at a very young age, 23. So sad. It's unfortunate. Same thing, like, you know, like obviously very similar, very different, uh, very different to Bill Russell, who we kind of talked about. But it's so sad just to see anybody pass away. And I think it's sad to see another rapper go too young, too early. Gun violence. It was a messed up situation. His it's dad was there. It was so messed up. It's really sad it's that really sad. Uh, the increase in gun violence across America and just, just specifically in this situation, just to, rap, rappers getting caught up in their own city. It's just horrible. I remember Boosie saying it on an interview. It's just that's where they hate you the most, exactly. your own city. Your own so city. why continuous, continuously go back? There. To the place that it you're, you're, hates you're, on you the most, and you're most likely to get killed from. Like it's just it is dumb. It's horrible. Yeah, but it's it, it's, it's dumb in but a it sense. Sucks, but it just sucks it, because that's your hometown. It's really your hometown. Like at the same time, it's hard because like your life could live there, your family could be there. It's just tough. You know what I mean? But like JD Young in the hits kind of tough because we like we we like the music. He's one of our uh, not favorite artists per se. He's up there though. Just another good case. artist. This just, is a really good artist. Just another case of a rapper getting gunned down in his hometown. It's too sad, early, sad to see. Way too soon. Uh, and another rapper getting um, gunned down in his hometown, like Dolph, including Dolph, drops his. Now, speaking of Dolph, dropping his first posthumous single called Hall of Fame. What are your initial thoughts on it? I, I listen, think it was. Think personally, I think it was fire. I listened to it. I thought it was fire. But I think it was a good. First post uh, posthumous single to drop, yeah. Because I think that the title was fitting because it was uh, dropped on his birthday, and it, it's if Dolph was he did you know he, he he's definitely in the Hall of Fame. You know now obviously not making no more music, unfortunately because of what happened. You know he's dead, unfortunately. Um, so he's in the Hall of Fame of rap. You know no doubt. So I think it's fitting that they named the song this. Definitely one of the. Best independent labels to ever do. Yeah, PRE. It. Yeah, Keith still got Keegok holding it down. It's a legend, Young Dolph. Again, though, it's just another, another sad case because I love Dolph still, and I love that song. But they got it, it hits. It hits the same, but like it's it's just like damn, I wish Dolph was here. Exactly, you know I mean? and you wish he was in the video and so on and exactly. so forth. Exactly, like this, the music is still fire. They just have to figure it insane. out, like what rappers are going to be able to do, like to be able to come back to their home down hometown and actually like just live a regular life. And they're going to have, they're going to have to figure it out. But ultimately that's going to come down to policy changes in politics and shit like that. That's real life stuff. You know what I mean? Is that going to happen anytime soon? It's not, it hasn't happened yet. We'll see if it happens soon. <laughs> Ready for the next topic? Yeah, we got Drake COVID. Drake announced on his Instagram that he got COVID and he had to cancel the Young Money Reunion Festival. It's horrible. It's, it's really sad. It's a Young Money Reunion Festival it's, is going to it, be it, crazy. It, it's like every single time Young Money is about to come back together, something always has to happen. You know, it's always some BS. But he said they're, they're rescheduling it for real, real soon, right for when I guess he heals from COVID. So hopefully I'm wishing Drake, you know, uh, what is it like? I'm wishing him... Uh, Good luck, obviously, against COVID. You know For I mean? sure. And I, and I think, 
like this Young Money reunion might be one of the top concerts like in the in the this year. You know, the top grossing concerts this year. Definitely think it was a smart move to stay and just keeping it safe. <coughs> However, do I think he should have canceled the shows? Just I don't know. I, now that I think about it, was it a smart move? Could he have pushed through COVID? How many people actually have the vaccine? And he would have been. Nah, I don't know if that's what that, that wouldn't have worked. That wouldn't have worked. I don't know. A lot of people have the vaccine, but you can't just be performing on stage with COVID. It wouldn't fly. Drake has a reputation. We got. We got to be able to live through it, though. You're right, but I don't see it sliding though. So do do you think if someone like from now on, pretty much forever, if someone has COVID, they're not performing? We got to be able to move well, if past we don't, it. If we don't know about it, then we don't know about it. But like, if it's publicized, we know they have COVID. They're not performing. Not performing forever. For <coughs> excuse me, forever, forever, forever. We're talking fifty years down the line. Fifty years down the line. We're talking five years down the line. Strick could be famous. Exactly. And he won't perform because of COVID. Yeah, it's possible. Strick, a rapper for YSL. Upcoming rapper, one of my, one of my, one of my favorite upcoming rappers. Nah, of course, fire. Got got a song with Nav, who we'll talk about in a little bit. But first, let's get Spe- into Lil Dirk. Speaking of one of your favorite rappers, Lil Dirk. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say he's one of my favorite. His favorite rapper, Lil Definitely Dirk, not gets beamed at Lollapalooza, bah, with the fucking what the confetti. The yeah, the st- this, the pyrotechnics pyrotechnics had a little issue, and now he can't perform anymore. What do you have to say about it? I don't know. I think it's bullcrap. You think Dirk is a is is a bitch for not for not pushing through it? I think he should have been able to push through it for his fans. Maybe he should have obviously stopped performing that specific show, but he canceled all the other shows coming and everything like that. To cancel all the up and coming shows, man. I remember when Migos got shot at in Miami. We just talked about that song, Memoirs. Migos first got a we, shot in Miami. First time they still perform the next show. We had so. a gangster shootout. So Migos is having a gangster shootout, and they're still performing. And Lil Durk is having a pyrotechnical issue, or whatever the case may I, be. I, I guess whatever it was. And he's not performing. Ah, just I don't know. I think. But I'm still wishing him his best in recovery. Yeah, I still I still wish the best in recovery. But I still get bullshit that he's not performing. Yeah, but. Hopefully he's not. I don't know how how bad the injury is. Exactly. I hope he's not out for too long. If the injury is like severe, then I can understand. But I don't but think the injury was that severe. I think he might be out for like a month or something. You know what I mean? Damn, that's crazy. I don't know though. It was like I don't know. It was like half of his face got hit with. I don't know. You ready to get into Nav's new single though? Nav, a legend. I'm ready to get into it. Nav just he's dropped "Never Sleep" featuring Travis Scott and Lil Baby. My initial reactions to the song. Fire, crazy! It was a fire song, but but what did you realistically expect from Nav? You know, you knew it was gonna be fire. I knew it was gonna be a banger. I knew whatever single that he was dropping, even if it wasn't with Travis and Lil Baby, I knew it was gonna be fire because he's he's saying, "Hey, I gotta I gotta promote my next album, and if I want to promote my next album, the best thing I gotta do is drop a fire single for people to be bumping it for a couple of weeks until the album comes out." Exactly. And you know Nav is always going to come through with a Travis Scott feature on the album because you know that's his boy. You know he's going to come through with the YSL features, and you know he's going to come through with a little baby and, and an Uzi feature. And Nav came through with little baby and Travis Scott on the lead single. I'm not surprised. 
I think it's gonna be it's gonna uh, be one a, a very high charting song on Billboard top twenty maybe, and it's gonna bring a lot of publicity for Nav, and it's gonna also bring a lot of publicity for Travis Scott, I, for Nav's new album. I think with this new single, I think Nav is gonna go number one. No way. Not with the single, but like his album is going number one. Going number one. His, Nav's album is going number one. I think it's dependent on when it drops and who's dropping that week. But if I, someone very, very, very I think popular Nav, is dropping that week, it's gonna be a it's very, be very rough competition. But I think. Nav is gonna sell like one one hundred k one one ten. What if the pink tape drops that week with Uzi? But, but he won't. It won't. But he won't. If Uzi drops the same week as Nav, I think Nav is gonna specifically pick a week that no one else is dropping. That he'll go number one. Nav kind of normally does that. I'm not gonna lie, but I respect that. I would do the same thing if I was an artist. But obviously Travis Scott on the feature, and like we haven't gotten too many Travis Scott features. We had like Hold That Heat with Future and South Fire. Oh, it was fire. And then we had this song, obviously. I think we're starting to see a sprinkle of the Travis Scott album rollout. We'll for, probably for be Utopia. on DJ Khaled's album. Exactly. So we're starting to see his features come through, a feature run come through to promote himself, to promote his new album coming out, Utopia. Obviously, highly anticipated album, and obviously Travis Scott is a highly scrutinized public figure nowadays because of every, God knows everything that's, that's happened. happened at the festival. And Kylie Jenner in general is always going to be very hotly contested up in the news. But with his rollout kind of now seemingly beginning, what are your expectations for Travis Scott's new album? Because obviously, a lot of people forget it's been four years since Astro World dropped. Four freaking years. 2018. What are your expectations? I think the album's going to do great. I think by the time the album drop drops, his public perception is going to be a lot better than what it is now. And I think everything's going to work out for him. I agree. I think Travis Scott... Ultimately, he's kind of played it right, you know. Exactly. Whoever whoever was telling him what how to play this situation, he's now, done everything he's had done to everything, do. He's done everything right, and now his public persona is, is I think it's kind of back. Everyone's kind of not forgot, but kind of forgot, which is kind of what you need. It's kind of what what you want, and now everyone's kind of back focusing on the music for Travis Scott. And I think if that's the case, it, it sounds like at least he's gonna come with with some heat. I think Travis Scott had been teasing for a long time on Utopia that he's coming through with. Uh, his own production, which, like I've said it before on the podcast, I love when a, when a, an artist produces their own songs. Nav does it. A lot of people do it. To me, you're the most fire when you're on your own beats and you make the Facts. beat. And it's just like you kind of there. You're there for the whole process. That's when you're making your best music. Just in my opinion, from what I've seen from artists and from what I've heard and, sh- and stuff like that. But so for me, if Travis is pulling back out that bag, which he hasn't really pulled out since 2015, which days before rodeo, I think you're expecting a classic. But I don't it, think he's pulling out that bag. I think he's pulling out that bag. He's, he's hinted at it for damn near two years. He better pull out that bag. And if he doesn't, I've been, I've been waiting on that bag. And if he doesn't pull out the bag, are you still going to be able? Are you still going to listen to every single song on the album? I. So you, are you asking? So basically, you're asking me, do you think the album's going to have no skips? Exactly. I, I don't think. It's, I think it's going to have a couple skips. Because even even for me, even Astro World had a skips. Facts. Coffee Bean for me was it was a skip. It was ass. <laughs> but for the most part, it was it was fire. That'll be fire. Bet. So after talking about Travis Scott, Nav, and music as a whole, are you ready to shoot straight into, into culture? culture? I'm ready. Bet. So we have Mr. Beast hitting a hundred million subscribers on YouTube. Obviously this is a huge milestone and obviously Mr. Beast played a huge role for everyone. I think it's Mr. Beast. I definitely saw it coming. Of course we saw it coming. I think everyone saw it coming. He's played a huge role and I think everyone's childhood kind of growing up. He's just a legend. 
Mr. Beast. He's an OG of YouTube. I have nothing but good things to say about, say about Mr. Beast. And I, and I, I watch his videos. They're fire. It's Mr. Beast. I have nothing but good things to say. I'm glad he hit the 100 million subs. And I think he, and I he's going to he continue to grow. I think he deserves it. I think he's been, he's been deserved. I think he deserves maybe even more. No one puts out the type of content he puts out. I think that's what makes him so unique. And, and, and he's not making a crazy amount of money because he's putting a lot of that money that he makes into the next video. And he reinvests a lot. So I think Mr. Beast, I think he's well-deserving of $100 million. I think he, he'll continue to grow. He might even hit $200 million real soon. Well, yep. It's good for Mr. Beast. Now you're ready to talk about GTA 6. Well, you had it. He added this topic saying GTA 6 will f feature a lead Latina character and will feature two playable leads influenced by Bonnie and Clyde. Interesting. What do you what do you have to say about this GTA 6 edition? Apparently they're you know they're adding the female character. They're trying to get it maybe it's a nice topic you added, bro. They're trying to get slightly more woke. Some people are trying to say. Do you do you think GTA will be good if they go woke? I don't think GTA 6 will be good if they go woke because they're good. They're good at what they're doing. They're good at what they're good at. Raw, just like. I know. Action, just. And I think they're, they they're, they might mess it up. Trying to go a little bit too woke, you know what I mean? To please everyone. You can't. Think about when GTA 5 came out, it was so, so long ago. It was a different time. You could get away with different stuff. Can you get away with dropping some of that stuff in a game in 2022? Can Rockstar do it? Just I think the, I think the Bonnie and Clyde like feature is interesting. I think it's really cool. However, to have a lead Latina character as a lead seems kind of mm, random. Does seem kind of random, but I wonder if they could if they could pull it off without making it seem too woke. Mm -hmm. That would be pretty interesting. I'd like to see that. I think th I mean they're gonna have to because I think a lot of their audience just doesn't want it, that to happen. I think I think they'll, they'll make their core audience very unhappy if they I do that. I think it'd be very interesting to see them pull it off, though. I'm excited, uh, and I and I think GTA Six coming out for like what next year or whatever. I think it's gonna be fire. I'm excited for it. I think everyone is. Everyone's been waiting so freaking long. GTA, GTA, it seems crazy. Grand Theft Auto as a whole hasn't produced a new game since. It seems so. It seems so crazy to say since it's actually what like out. seven years. Something freaking something, something crazy. Something ridiculous. Like 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 it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, like how many years it's been. You I'm about, yeah, I'm looking it up right now just to make sure I want to be correct, absolutely correct. Hold up, it's right there. You spelled you spelled release date wrong. That's okay. Typing it quick. 2013. So oh nine, my God! It's almost years. been ten years, though. Yeah, almost. It's almost been a full decade since GTA has came out with a new game. However, Rockstar Company as a whole, they came out with new games. But Devon, you got to come out with a new GTA. Of course, it's it's the main one. Of course. Well, I know you're ready to get into another potential new game. Dead Drop. A potential new video game coming out. We got Dead Drop. So we got Dr. Disrespect, one of the most famous video gaming streamers to in history. Him and he also is a he's an author. Just an amazing guy in general. He's he's been waiting to drop a video game, specifically Battle Royale. He's has commented 
on battle royals that are out, wishing he could make minor adjustments to them for a very long time. Finally, he's come with his gaming studio. I can't remember specifically the name. I might have to look it up, but yeah. He's come with a gaming studio to create Dead Drop, a vertical, rumored to be a vertical battle royale type of game. I think it's going to be game-changing in the battle royale BR industry because of the ver- the the way that the that the storm is going to go mm-hmm. so it's not going to be like basically like you drop on an island and then the cir- the circle collapses it's more of a more of like a vertical like more of a vertical st- storm surge mm-hmm. what do you think about that I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out I think we got to see the first ever gameplay uh on what's the guy's name Z Laner we got, we got to see the first gameplay. We got to see the first ever gameplay. I think it was interesting. However, it was just a gun range. I think we didn't really get to see the battle royale part. I think we, they were, they had a slight rumor in that video that it might not even be a battle royale. So I think they're leaving a lot of question marks on purpose to get the the conversation going on what it could be. I think ultimately Doctor Disrespect is going to always go to his roots, and that's why ultimately I think it's going to be a battle royale. I'm excited to play it. And I think from what I've seen from the shooting, the techniques and everything that I've seen so far, I have faith in it. I have faith in the company who made it because the graphics look really, really good. It was a top tier engine. And Dr. Disrespect, a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention, we also got Unreal Engine working on the game. The, the same the same company for Epic Games who created Fortnite. Um the game that we play consistently now, um, Fall Guys. Mm-hmm. So they're behind great games, and I think they got another banger collabor- collaborating with Dr. Disrespect on this game. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Any more thoughts? I was just saying, before you cut me off. Oh, sorry. That Dr. Disrespect, like, he's not going to make a bad game. Facts. It's Dr. Disrespect. He's been playing games for, for longer than majority of people. So if you think that after everything and after knowing everything that he knows, if you think he's going to really put all of his time and dedication and make a bad game, I don't know what to tell you. So for my, for my first expectations, I have very high expectations for the game. The last topic of today, we have Jake Paul's opponent, Haseem Rahman, correct? Haseem Rahman Jr. Yeah. Pulls out of the fight. Exactly. Horrible move by Haseem Rahman. <laughs> Makes him look like a wuss. Bro, why, I just don't understand every, why everyone pulls out against Jake Paul. Because Jake Paul is a real fighter and is ready to get in the ring with pretty much anyone. I think Jake Paul is going to win his next fight. He's going to continue to win. I, I actually think Jake Paul, he actually has it. He's, he's somehow managed to grow his intimidation factor. And I think, like I, we said before on the podcast, when we said he's going to whoop Haseem Rahman Jr.'s ass, I think, if anything, it was a smart move for Haseem Rahman Jr. because at least now, he could say, I, I didn't lose to Jake Paul. You don't have to walk around knowing. You don't have to carry that to your grave. I still that think happened. that he looks like a wuss for doing it. He does? But, but would you rather look like a wuss for pulling out or look like an idiot for losing to Jake Paul? He could have went out as a man. And lose and fought and you lose. Get your ass whooped by a YouTuber, vlogger. He could have been close in the fight. But Hasim Rahman Jr., his whole career is based on fighting. I just don't see it. I think it's just, honestly, I think he's he is a he is a wuss, but 
if anything, it's a smart move because he was going to lose to Jake Paul, and his his whole life is fighting. You know what I mean? I still think he could have went out fighting, throwing hands. I agree. Like a real warrior. I agree. I agree, but ultimately. Think about the people that came before you. Yeah. You got legends. Yeah. You got Ali. You got Mike Tyson. That's legendary. I mean, you're just making, like, you're just comparing a legend to a bum. Nobody. But you got to go out fighting. (laughs) I I guess, yeah, I guess you got to go out fighting. You got to go out fighting. Yeah, you got to go out fighting. And say this YouTuber ain't beating my ass. But even though we both know that Jake Paul will absolutely demolish him. But I'm interested to see who Jake Paul is going to fight now. It's probably going to be a top-tier fighter for sure. It has to be. And do you think Jake Paul is going to win versus a top-tier fighter? Top, top-tier? Top, top-tier. No. Damn. But he'll win against like a, a decent one. I think he has a chance. <clears throat> Excuse me. Not, not against a top, top-tier. I'm talking top in the world, nah. I think he has a chance. Nah. Think he has a chance? If he, um, nah, I don't see it. No, nah. I see it. I, there's not even an if. There's no chance. I see it. Nah, nah. I, I, don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. Him fighting tail? <laughs> you don't see it? No, tail, tail, G just G's probably like 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 cringing watching this part. He's like, Did you just say tail? There's no way Jake Paul would ever beat Tao, even if they fought. You know? No, but is he fighting them though? Nah. Are they getting into the ring? When we now, nah. nah Are about, we seeing that someday? No, nah, we're not seeing it. Never, never. Maybe I don't maybe, know about that. Maybe for the money. I don't know. I think maybe, it's possible. Maybe for the money, but that's it. Maybe for the money, but that's it. Yeah. You ready to conclude this episode? I'm ready. Yeah, thought you were gonna do it. Oh, but, you can. My bad. But yeah, I mean, I guess with all that being said, man, um, appreciate the support on the previous episodes and everything like that. Um, obviously, we have been getting a lot of support on the channel. So if you made it this far in the in the episode, you know, I appreciate it. Um, and we're gonna continue to grind, continue to post more reels. So uh, follow us on Instagram and everything like that. Keep following following us on social media. Keep. Yep. Like and Keep subscribing. Like and subscribing. Continue to share the podcast, the clips, the reels. And we love the comments. So please continue yeah. to comment, comment. And yeah. With all that being said, uh, I'm ready to conclude. So I'm Zach. And I'm Blue. And I'll see y'all next time. Peace. Peace. And continue to shoot it straight. <laughs>